When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to another episode of Talking Fast, a Gilmore Girls podcast. I'm Suzanne. And I'm Alexis. And we're two longtime fans of the show, excited to rewatch and recap it along the way. Today, we are excited to bring you the first episode of season two. It's episode one called Sadie Sadie. The bio for this episode is Lorelai makes a big decision, but when Emily hears about it from someone else, She's hurt and angry that Lorelai didn't bother to tell her. This is really just the bio of the last couple of minutes of the episode, but... (laughs) Yeah, nothing else. They did not start strong with season two, but I have a feeling we will. And I also felt like the show itself started strong, so lots to get into. Yeah, a lot happened. So what what did you do during our hiatus? Did you do anything interesting between seasons? Hmm... I went to an academic conference in Florida. I just got back from that, actually. So I was almost watching Gilmore Girls in the airport, but I I just, I didn't. The airport is such a weird purgatory space, you know? Like, I couldn't be productive enough. Um, But other than that, it was a lot of just regular life. Uh, But I also just miss watching Gilmore Girls, so. How about you? Yeah, I'm... (laughs) So excited for season two. I adopted a new cat. I don't know if you can see him in the background here sleeping on the cat tree. But uh, yeah, I've been adjusting to having a third cat. What prompted that decision? Um, I'd been I've been thinking about getting a third cat for a long time, but I told myself I wasn't going to do it. And then I went to PetSmart to pick something up for a friend and I looked at the cats and I felt a connection. Aw. <laughs> so it happened. I love that. That's how it always goes. Just, yeah, just like <laughs> Lorelai and Paul Anka. When it's meant yeah, to be, it's true. meant to be. Okay. Now, it's been a while. We were sharing that we mm-hmm. felt, we feel a bit rusty. We're worried that we would hit to, you know, we'd forget to hit record, things like that. And I think the <laughs> other thing we're both secretly scared of (laughs) is doing our talking fast segment once again (laughs) though we both did really well yeah um for the entire season one recaps um i don't i hope people don't expect that level of perfection for our (laughs) typical episode by episode talking fast segments yeah it was so weird that like when the pressure was really on we were able to deliver but i think also we gave ourselves leeway to not actually go into detail which is not something we do on a weekly basis right right <laughs> but well okay shall you do the shall honor we... of going first for our season two i will do my best no pressure yeah, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> thanks okay three two one go so we start off with Lorelai and Rory walking around town. Lorelai still hasn't decided if she's accepted Ma- Max, so it's basically right after season one ended. And 
uh, Lorelai <laughs> tells Luke that she was proposed to and they have a weird conversation. Then we find out that Rory has done well at Chilton and we get this set up for a big Friday night dinner where she can bring a guest. She brings Dean and Richard hates Dean the first second that he sees him. And then there's a huge fight and there are Twinkies and then uh, other stuff happens. <laughs> that was I good. completely forgot more of Lorelai stuff. But <laughs> anyways. You did much better than the Netflix bio. So there's always that. That's true. <laughs> That's true. I should be proud. Yeah, really. And um, giving you like a time warning made me feel like I was at my conference <laughs> for people who maybe haven't been to one a big thing is that your talks are supposed to be certain lengths of time and sometimes it's like a trope that people go over <laughs> because they just have so much to say you know and it's sometimes it's handled differently sometimes people let them go on and so they're just going and going and going or some people are very strict and they're like you're done <laughs> yeah it's clear when people didn't practice their paper at all <laughs> Or even read through it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but anyways. Okay, are you ready to give it a shot? I think I am. Okay. And go. We pick up where we left off. There's daisies all over town. Lorelai is debating her decision about getting engaged or not. By the end of the episode, she says yes. She communicates it telepathically to Rory. They celebrate. Rory and Dean are back together. They have another movie night as a family. There's two Friday night dinners. They're celebrating Rory's grades. Uh, Richard interrogates Dean and is really mean about it. Uh, Sookie and Michelle are there. Uh, and Luke finds out she's getting married and asks her to think about practical questions and it gets in her head. And I was just like, word vomiting. <laughs> that was pretty good, though. We filled in for each other, I think. Yes. And now we can slow down. Go the speed we prefer. <laughs> yeah. And unpack the episode and get to all of our special segments as we discuss. Mm -hmm. I have to admit, I was kind of taken aback that it began right after season one ended. For some reason, I didn't remember that being the case. I'd like, I guess, had it in my mind that we would start up again at the next school year or something. Do you prefer... When a show in between seasons, do you prefer when they pick up right after the previous season or when there's been a lot of time passed? Yeah, I really I like it when they pick up right after if there's been a huge cliffhanger. Mm -hmm. And I guess you could say that the proposal was a cliffhanger, a but it wasn't quite like I think it would have been totally fine if we'd picked up at the end of summer and found out that Lorelai had accepted and then mm -hmm. move on from there. But I don't know. Yeah. I think it, it still worked. <laughs> no, I definitely think it still worked. And the opening scene was actually my Stars Hollow moment because I just loved the return to the town and <laughs> all of these, like, thousand yellow daisies, right, are just all over town in the oddest of places there's like people with flower crowns on there's just bouquets <laughs> everywhere it's so like magical <laughs> in a way and everything mm -hmm. is so bright it's so sunny it's summer now which is I feel like a season we hadn't really explored yet with the show 
And there's fun, like, bright music playing, too. It was just such a cheery way to open up. I felt like everyone was, like, glowing. (laughs) Yeah, for some reason, I cannot get over the fact that daisies remind me of dandelions, which then remind me of the butter trick. I don't know if you ever did this, where you, like, put the dandelion under your chin, and if it reflects yellow, then you like butter. It's the weirdest, like, dumbest kid thing. (laughs) That kind of, that's vaguely coming back to me. I, that's, yeah, that's just, like, the daisies just look, just, I just end up thinking Mm -hmm. about butter. Yeah, the way that they were lighting this episode, especially in the first few scenes, at first I thought they were, it looked like they were, like, glowing, kind of, like, the reflectiveness Mm -hmm. of the flowers, but in the next scene, like I noticed in Luke's too, there's almost like reddish or orangish colors. I was like, how are they lighting this? I wondered if it was my TV. Was it the same for you? <laughs> it was. I got the suspicion that they were filming it at night mm. and had artificially lit the whole place. Okay. I don't know. I think I thought that because when we were in Luke's, like for a second looking through the window, like through the windows it looked kind of dark yeah but then it was sunny you could kind of see (laughs) I I felt like based on shadows where light was coming from on their hair a bit too and it Mm -hmm. yeah I think you're right of like it didn't look like natural and I just wonder maybe something went amiss with their filming schedule or something like that because I was like this is the lighting was slightly different than normal and I felt like toward the end of the episode I didn't notice it so much anymore but these are the small things you think about when you're like, I'm going to talk about this on a podcast later. <laughs> it didn't really yeah. ultimately matter, I don't think. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I did notice in this opening scene, we didn't get any of the troubadour. Mm-hmm. I don't think we got him in the entire episode, no. which is interesting because he was a big part of the end of last season. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And he won like the turf war. So you'd think he would have been like out on the corner exerting his right (laughs) and all. (laughs) Yeah, maybe it was his day off. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know what their uh, PTO type (laughs) plans are. That's a good point. (laughs) Well, after this cold open scene, we have the credits, which are the same. Love them. Uh, But I was thinking about how some shows make the decision to have it be like new pictures and scenes of the characters Mm -hmm. in the credits or not the credits is it like the opening what do you call yeah like opening sequence yeah theme song i'm at a lack of words right now (laughs) but how do you feel about that like do you think it's better when they update the stuff or is it classic all the way throughout I think it should be maybe a mixture of both, Mm -hmm. like keep some of the most iconic things from season one, like the very ending when they're at the coffee shop and it like zooms out from there, but maybe then add some, some things from the newer seasons. Mm -hmm. But I don't really, I can't really think of any shows. The, The only thing that's coming to mind is Game of Thrones, which has that whole like fancy opening sequence, but they do like focus on different place Mm -hmm. i think maybe even each episode is a different sequence depending on where they're gonna be so that's a lot of work (laughs) i wish i could request the game of thrones theme song at like a karaoke night (laughs) because i love it i love their scene though with the map and you're right it changes every episode based on where the storyline is and if 
you know, they've killed off all the characters as they often do. Mm-hmm. They won't go to that part of the map in the credits anymore either. So I think that's a good comparison. And now that I brought it up, I'm trying to think of other opening sequences that do update it based on seasons. And I feel like Parks and Rec at least once did that. Where, um, yeah. But it's also a thing of like a lot of shows have gone out of the habit of having opening sequences at all they'll just do like a title Mm -hmm. card of like um to save time i think is part of it and um and because you can skip it on streaming so there's almost no point to i like that i told like my first gazebo moment i think was the opening sequence of the show and then you said you skip Mm -hmm. it (laughs) but it's i like it it's part of the art form of tv you know like succession has a good opening yeah I usually watch them, but the only reason I skip this one, and it's not because I don't like it, it's just because the sound balance is mm-hmm. always off with the music, mm-hmm. and then I feel like the need to turn my TV down. Yeah. So I'd rather just skip it. This is the last thing I will say <laughs> on this topic. Uh, some Oh, this is actually something I did in between. Um, I started to rewatch Outlander, which we've discussed before, because mm-hmm. didn't, was mm-hmm. it your grandma who wanted you to read the books? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't yet. Maybe that put it on my mind, but I did a rewatch where I just watched all of like the historical fun scenes and then the sexy sex scenes, and then I skipped over all the violence, <laughs> mm-hmm. like sexual That's and it. physical, <laughs> and it was a much better rewatch, I felt, but anyways every they're they're um they change their sequence too and it is often based on where they are so like when they go to france Mm -hmm. it's in french and when they're in like the u.s they change the vibe of it too and so it's also just a really beautiful song like the isle of sky or something like that yeah so i do recognize that song Mm -hmm. still that's another one i would request Mm -hmm. at karaoke yeah okay well (laughs) making us taking us back to our episode and our show (laughs) yeah after so after we get the opening of the of the episode we get a little bit of a recap with Lorelai and Rory where they're walking around and we find out that Lorelai still hasn't um decided about whether she's accepting Max um and then (laughs) She stops at Bootsy's newsstand and, like, is kind of taken in by the bridal magazines and everything, Um, which I thought was interesting. We haven't seen Bootsy before. I am surprised that there were that many bridal magazines, but, of course, there were props. (laughs) This, like, this newsstand, which was a news set, it was very large. It screamed to me, like... This is a, a set or a scene, like, from a New York TV show. Yeah, it seemed like a bodega Yeah, type of totally. Thing. And they just, like, supplanted it into Stars Hollow. I think it would have been much better if it was, like, a small, like, cart or something like yeah. that. Yeah. But uh, also when we kind of pan out a bit more and we see Lorelai... Um, she like had run into Miss Patty at this newsstand and Miss Patty is like starting the gossip train of course and they (laughs) there starts to be like a crowd that amasses behind them Mm -hmm. as Lorelai walks to Luke because she's been told by like Rory and Miss Patty that she needs to tell Luke about everything and as we get like a really wide shot um 
you see in the background, like, there's a lot of the classic set of Stars Hollow, but in the background, there's a giant building, and it was, like, a shot we've never seen before, and I don't know if we will again, but I felt this weird, like, it kind of reminded me of some of the weird things we noticed in the pilot or in the early episodes where they're still establishing the sets, the scenes, like, the look, and I was like, were they on a different location or what is happening here i mean i know they're not really in connecticut like they're on like i think the wb lot wherever they are but i was like that was weird i felt like that was a mistake almost to have there be this huge building in the background (laughs) yeah i didn't even notice that Mm -hmm. but i did over our hiatus i uh listened to lauren graham's um i guess auto or memoir type thing Mm -hmm. about uh being on Gilmore Girls and she did talk about this set like yeah being in California (laughs) and um being like a huge determining factor of when they shot the final because they were about to destroy the entire thing Mm. (laughs) though I think it's still there like you can still go and visit Mm -hmm. maybe it's just moved or something I don't remember yeah I've seen, I saw online, and if I remembered where I saw it, I would credit the person, but it was, I think, a tweet pointing out that the most recent season of You, about, like, Penn Badgley, you know, as the stalker, uh, I think the bakery that Love opens is the same set as Luke's. Like, it is a space that is reused, (laughs) and it looks totally different. But someone with, like, a close eye could tell, like, oh, you know, they changed it. But that is the same kind of set that is repurposed by shows. So it's lived multiple lives, says, you know, Luke's dad's shop and then the restaurant and then Love's Bakery where, um, spoiler alert, they, like, murder people there. Oh, gosh. (laughs) I have not finished that show. Oh, I'm so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I mean I know that people get murdered. Okay, so. okay. I should have like I was doing that for the listeners. I forgot I could I should have asked you. <laughs> I'm like halfway through maybe the second season. For some reason it's a good engaging show, but for some reason I just like can only take it in small doses because that I hate being in this guy's head. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know. But anyways. Yes. I actually want to take us back for a moment uh, because something that happens early on as well uh, like Rory departs from Lorelai for a moment while Lorelai is at the magazine stand Lori uh, doing my thing where I combine their (laughs) names again Uh, when Lorelai is at the newsstand Rory goes to see Elaine and she's giving Mm -hmm. her like a bouquet of these flowers that they're handing out and she finds out from Lane that um, Lane has received a one-way ticket for Korea, apparently. So she's going to visit her family in Korea. And this is basically her main storyline in the episode about how she's, like, freaking out about all of this. And this uh, whole storyline was my Friday night dinner critique. Um, Basically, I, I... I'm trying to think about how to formulate my thoughts about this and it's related to some things we've discussed before about like Lane as a Korean American character and how the show writers deal with the like 
Korean identity aspect of her character. And Mm -hmm. it seems like she is often really uh, kind of rebelling against a lot of the like Korean elements of her life, be that like her parents or the boys they're trying to get her to date. And I think in one, like on the one hand, the writers could do something fairly interesting about how like Lane is so hugely Americanized in this very like white Connecticut town and like think about how she grapples with her Korean identity and maybe like comes around to it more or has like a journey related to it. But throughout this whole episode, Mm -hmm. she's like constantly complaining about the idea of going to Korea. She makes a joke about how people wouldn't be able to say her Korean name. She um, like a lot of these different things. She's worried about how it's a one-way ticket. Like, she's thinking they're sending her there forever. So on the one hand, this is a teenage girl, you know, like, I was also resistant to long family vacations where I'm like, let me just get back and, like, (laughs) hang out with my friends. Like, it's her summer break. She probably wants to be burning CDs, like, doing her thing. Um, Mm -hmm. But I just ultimately felt like the writers are not... Like, they want us to be, like, us as the viewer to be laughing with Lane about the Korean part about going to Korea in a way that is pretty gross. And, like, it's one thing for Lane to be saying these things, but to put the viewer there is, like, fairly just, like, xenophobic. And I feel Mm -hmm. like anti-Asian racism is a much more explored topic, or at least prevalent right now. And watching this during everything that's going on is just like really starkly disturbing to me in a way (laughs) so yeah yeah, that was my critique (laughs) yeah I completely agree and I like the way that you phrased it like they really are making her Korean identity like the butt of a joke pretty much Mm -hmm. for I they kind of do this for the entire series really yeah um they never like I mean Maybe towards the end, there are some things that she, like, shows respect towards and, like, uh, reverence. And, I mean, we do understand that later on that she feels that towards her mother. But in these early scenes and seasons especially, it's all just kind of, like, she hates everything about it. And that's supposed to be funny for the mostly white audience because, of course, they would also agree or something Yeah, it's coming from, like, white writers, you know? It's the context, Mm -hmm. like... Yeah, there's always, like, a huge kind of, I don't know, coming to terms-ness for people who are, like, the second generation of immigrants. Mm -hmm. And... I, I just don't, yeah, I don't understand why they had to decide to deal with it this way. Because I, I know that a lot of um, children of immigrants really do, like, have that kind of battle between mm-hmm. going more traditional or mm-hmm. becoming more Americanized. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that the show needs to make that battle into a joke. <laughs> I know, yeah, there's, like, a huge, there's so much nuance there to that battle of identity that you're describing and that would be totally cool if they explored that, you know? Like, I'm not saying mm-hmm. Lane needs to have perfectly resolved feelings about her identity, you know? But it's like, if they showed her exploring it, that would be one thing. But it's just made mm-hmm. to be a joke, really. That is, I think, the the problem in the end for me. 
Yeah. It's sad that's the only thing that we get from Lane for this entire episode. And this was like within the <laughs> first else. couple minutes. So I had a very like 180 of I loved that opening scene. I'm like, yes, we're back. And then right away, <laughs> this Lane thing, I'm like, oh, okay. And we're back in the critique way too. <laughs> like, yeah. wow, yeah. the two sides of my Gilmore experience presented right in like the first five minutes. <laughs> yep. Wouldn't be the same without it. <laughs> no. Okay. Uh, but to take us back to where we were, I think we left off with like Lorelai heading over to Luke's to tell him, even though she hasn't decided yet, like to tell him that Max proposed to her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Miss Patty kind of encourages her to do this because apparently everybody in the entire town knows that Luke has been in love with Lorelai. Lorelai still thinks they're just friends. Mm-hmm. But I loved this scene of, like, the entire town just kind of amassing behind them. I felt like they were about to um, break out into dance and song. Yes, it did. Because they were kind of, like, in that triangular type of yeah. uh, for- formation. Mm-hmm. But instead, Lorelai and Rory go into Luke's diner and sit down. The entire town smashes up against the windows, which was hilarious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then... Lorelai gets up the courage to go and tell Luke that Max has proposed to her and she's very disappointed by the reaction that Luke has. He's just kind of like, yeah, I expected that Hmm. um, based off of how she had come in the night before with her daisies and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I thought this was really interesting, mostly not necessarily Luke's reaction, but Lorelai's reaction to his reaction Mm -hmm. like we really she really expected something more from him um and his initial reaction was just kind of like almost blase like he'd really been setting talking to himself and saying this is how I'm gonna react yeah (laughs) I'm not gonna care yeah do you think he like rehearsed that reaction to like come off super cool about it (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah it definitely had that feeling Mm -hmm. And I also think he rehearsed the things that come next. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Because at first I was a bit surprised, actually. Like, I felt like Lorelai, I had expected a bigger reaction, Uh, especially Mm -hmm. after one of the last scenes we saw with him was that whole, like, peeing contest with Max about how close they are with (laughs) Lorelai. And Rachel's last words about, like, don't wait till it's too late to tell her how you feel. Mm -hmm. But as you mentioned like what is about to come I think gives us a bit of a sense that there's something underneath that he's hiding a bit because he starts to kind of like try to get in her head a bit about insinuating that this has happened so fast and he starts to ask her all of these like practical questions about things he knows she hasn't discussed with Max like where are you gonna live um where he starts talking about this like coupon drawer like about how his parents never talked and when his mom died his dad didn't have a coupon he didn't know where the coupon drawer was so he had a coupon can it was like a very (laughs) convoluted memory slash metaphor thing but um it does get into Lorelai's head as we'll come to learn later (laughs) I it wouldn't be an episode of talking fast if I didn't bring in a bachelor reference good good (laughs) Luke's um, kind of interrogation of Lorelai here reminded me of all viewers at the end of a Bachelor season Mm -hmm. where we're all like so what happens now like 
where are they gonna live what's their plan for the rest of their lives and it's just like that was not thought about Mm -hmm. the most important thing was just the romance of it all yeah seriously (laughs) but the I had my Stars Hollow moment seconds after this little debacle of Luke and Lorelai when Lorelai walks back to the table and people outside who have all been smashed up against the window are fluttering around. (laughs) Something's happened and um, Lorelai asks Rory. Rory says that Kirk is passed out. (laughs) And that, that was just like, this I think is... The like we've been talking all through season one about how it seemed like Kirk wasn't quite the Kirk that we remembered. Yeah, this is the Kirk <laughs> that I remember. They're like so excited about getting into the town's business. He's probably like squeezed up against the window, <laughs> yeah. and then he's also so fragile that he just passes out. Oh my god, I could totally envision that as you say that, and I almost <laughs> wish they had included that scene because we don't see yeah. it. But it's funny. It's very funny to imagine what it looked like. And even Rory now is like, she used to be the one in that they were all looking at her, you know, and now it's like Rory's turned looking out the window, participating in this like very classic Stars Hollow kind of moment. Yeah. Oh, so good. Yeah. This group of weird people. <laughs> Love them. So after after we get this great scene at Luke's diner, we come to our first Friday night dinner of the episode. It felt good. And this one <laughs> I was happy to be back. Thankfully is not Yeah. This one's not uh too bad. We'll just start with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um we come in and Emily's in a great mood already, <laughs> which is kind of suspicious. <laughs> yeah, she's giving off some pretty like big energy. <laughs> Was the last time that we saw her, like, excited at the beginning of a Friday night dinner when she had that weird random blind date for Lorelai? (laughs) Yes, but also another one was when she had made the room for Rory. So I think, like, Lorelai is pretty, Mm -hmm. you know, it's good to be wary of whenever Emily is, like, super excited about something because it has Mm -hmm. very, so far, pretty mixed results. (laughs) (laughs) Thankfully, this time it's actually good, (laughs) but we get this really great, like, back and forth from Emily and Richard, where um, Richard wants Emily to wait to say the news, and but he's still on the phone at work, and Emily just, like, gives in and has to tell, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and her news is that uh, Rory's in the top 3% at Chilton, and she says this, like, with all of her background and connections at Chilton, she knows this. Yeah. And we get another, like, kind of blasé reaction from Lorelai and Rory, who obviously knew this because Rory is the student in question. I know. I mean, I felt kind of bad for Emily. She's like, when Lorelai <laughs> says, oh, I know, Emily's, like, deflated instantly. And... <laughs> On the one hand, I do feel like she was like, yeah, she was bragging about how she has insider intel from her good old friend, Biddy Charleston, like Biddy, (laughs) what a waspy name, Um, who tells her all the children gossip and whatnot. But on the other side of that, like she was so excited for Rory and her grandchild and Lorelai could have just been like, yeah, isn't it so cool? But, you know, (laughs) it's not the biggest deal in the world. 
Emily recovers. It, it does not result in, like, a huge feud or anything like you might expect. <laughs> yeah. Instead, they spend the rest of the evening, like, Richard and Emily kind of going off about who they're going to tell this good news mm-hmm. to and who they're going to show off to. Very proud. Very brag. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, Lorelai is, like, not even really paying attention. She's fantasizing mm-hmm. about an engagement ring, so it seems like she was really wooed by those bridal magazines now she's like playing with Mm -hmm. this butterfly ring she has and she puts it like on her ring finger I feel like very openly I if I was sitting in that room I would notice she did that and be like what you doing there but (laughs) uh so when they go into dinner Lorelai says like excuse me and she goes out to make a phone call to a one Mr. Max Medina (laughs) this was actually my Friday night dinner (laughs) At Friday night dinner. Fitting. (laughs) Yeah, I thought it was fitting. (laughs) But specifically, um, I was thinking about the fact that Lorelai has made this decision based off of two things, neither of which are how much she loves Max. Mm. (laughs) One is that Luke got into her head and kind of like psyched her out about Mm -hmm. how almost like by predicting that I was going to fail so then she has this extra motivation to make it work Mm -hmm. and then the other thing is in this whole scene when Emily and Richard are going on about Rory's success the look on Lorelai's face is almost as if she is feeling left out and maybe ignored and kind of forgotten like the attention's not on her so she's sad about that and then she makes the decision based off of that and first off I was disappointed in Lorelai for I don't know feeling that way I'm I mean you can't be disappointed in somebody for feeling a certain way I Mm -hmm. guess you can't really help that but that she let that determine a huge huge decision in her life and Rory's life just because she felt like she wasn't the center of attention at the moment. Mm. When did she... I don't know if I'm misinterpreting that, but... Yeah, I don't... No, I don't think you are. I'm trying to remember it. Were you, like, seeing that on her face more so in the... That, like, initial scene when they're getting drinks and whatnot? No, like, when... Right before she starts putting the ring on, Mm. she starts looking kind of wistful. Mm -hmm. She everybody's talking about Rory and it's Rory and Emily and Richard talking to each other and she's not really participating Mm -hmm. and she kind of like sinks back and then starts playing with the ring yeah yeah I know yeah now I remember that moment I think I yeah I hear your I don't hear your I guess I hear your reading I see (laughs) your reading as well I think for me I read that moment as like her just kind of drifting out because she's distracted Mm -hmm. by I like by what you just said about Luke getting in her head and that being a thing to motivate her. I totally agree with that. Um, I don't know if I read it so much as her like having a bit of jealousy of Rory in that moment, but overall throughout the series as a whole, I think that is certainly a good reading of her character. I think one of the reasons sometimes people get frustrated with Lorelai is like like viewers is that she has huge, like, main character energy, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's warranted because she is a very cool person. But it is very, like, it is me, me, me about often with Lorelai, even if it's not Mm -hmm. conscious. But, yeah, I know what you mean. 
Yeah, I I mean, I don't want to think of this as not a romantic moment, mm-hmm. but it kind of, I don't know, it just seemed like another kind of rash decision. Yeah. I also just can't get over the fact that Max proposed on the phone and she's now accepting on the phone. I know. I was wondering. And they haven't even seen each other. I was wondering if they had seen each other. Like. I, I mean, if it's the next, well, we opened on the next day. We don't really know how many days have passed since then mm-hmm. before Friday. Yeah. But it is rash. It totally is. And driven by, yeah, it doesn't seem like love necessarily. Mm-hmm. I almost, also I just noticed with like, she seems to fixate in this episode on like the magazines on the ring later on with like the real ring he gives her and I wonder if she's feeling very like a like feeling the appeal of like the wedding the engagement mm-hmm. maybe things she didn't envision for herself because she has had commitment issues for so long that now it's like oh I could be like a bride I could get married like and it becomes less about Max in a way <laughs> yeah it's just the idealization of not even marriage, just the wedding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, she comes <sighs> yeah, she comes back in and like doesn't even say anything to Rory, but she kind of just like nods and Rory <laughs> just is supposed to know what that means, which I don't know why. Like how could she how could Rory have known she was on the phone with Max? But I guess yeah. it's their mo- mother-daughter like telepathic connection. Because they just start, like, jumping up and down, squealing. I That moment was adorable, but also a little bit alarming. <laughs> All the squealing. <laughs> yeah, totally. We interrupt this podcast with a message from our sponsor. The 24-hour news cycle is a fact of life, especially in Stars Hollow, where Miss Patty and Babette are always on the hunt for the latest scoop. But if you're looking for the best rags of our time, you know, the ones that have time in the title, then you better stop by Bootsy's newsstand each morning bright and early. Whether you're looking for hard-hitting journalism, tabloids, or bridal fashion, Bootsy's has it all. Unless you're a Scorpio, then you should stay inside this week. Or a Leo. Oof, that's rough. But for everybody else, keep up to date on the goings-on of the world without even checking your phone. For listeners of Talking Fast Podcast, Bootsy has a special offer for you. Come by and pick up your favorite magazine and mention the podcast, and he'll double the cost. Podcasts are killing written journalism, and it's all your fault. You should be ashamed of yourself. Peace and love. But the the next scene that we get also includes quite a bit of squealing. Yes. Because we go to the inn. We see Suki in her signature blue chef's uh, shirt. I don't know. Uh, uniform. I don't know exactly what the technical term for that kind of maybe a shirt jacket? is. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, maybe. A frock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she... She's, of course, getting into some sort of havoc in the kitchen. Mm. She, like, sticks her hand in and gets bit by or clamped by a lobster. I loved it. (laughs) Also, she's, like, as she is instructing everyone what to do, she, like, switches languages really fast, too. Like, I didn't catch what she spoke, but 
I loved that. Like, she's so... She's just such a good chef, you know. She's telling everyone what to do, not just in English alone. Like, she's getting it done. She is the boss of the kitchen. (laughs) I think she did that in the very first episode we meet her. She, like, speaks Spanish Mm -hmm. to some of the kitchen workers, but she did it much better this time, I think. Yeah. (laughs) Like, she didn't sound quite as somebody who just memorized the phonemic (laughs) Spanish words. (laughs) (laughs) But then... uh, well, before Lorelai comes in, we get a great little moment of Michelle weighing turkey. Oh, Michelle. So <laughs> sad. <laughs> yeah. I thought about making this another critique about fat phobia yeah. in the show, but it, we've already, I mean, it's basically the same as what we talked about before, mm-hmm. except now he thinks he's going to live 30% longer by weighing his turkey. I'm going to live forever. That's what they keep <laughs> referencing. <laughs> oh, my God. The song from fame. Michelle. But after, well, Lorelai comes in, Michelle leaves because he pretends to not like anybody. Mm-hmm. And Lorelai tells Suki her good news. And then we get some more squealing. Yeah. I thought this was a sweet moment because Suki starts like crying as well. And mm-hmm. Lorelai yeah. is like, what? What's wrong? And Suki says, she just basically lists all of Lorelai's accomplishments. Like, you've raised Rory, you work really hard here, you put up with me, which is like, you know, that's not a chore. That's a blessing for Lorelai. But either way, <laughs> she's just really acknowledging all of the work that Lorelai has put in. And she says, you deserve this. And I thought that was just such a, like, a supporting friend moment. Like, Suki truly is mm-hmm. the best, like, best friend you could have. And I thought it was a really nice way to frame like to frame this engagement not as like the ultimate like oh every person needs to be engaged and have a romantic relationship so it's a great thing this is happening to you but more so like you've worked so hard you deserve something good to happen to you you know like I felt like it didn't need Mm -hmm. to be Max proposing it could have been something like something else really big but Suki just takes the moment to like reflect on Lorelai as a person and to really like boost her up in this moment it's like I want that in my life (laughs) yeah such a good friend Mm -hmm. she also says that Lorelai is going to be a Sadie um a reference from funny girl yeah Barbara Streisand yeah which I've seen I don't particularly remember this song um I should see the movie again but (laughs) yeah I don't remember it either but funny girl is on Broadway right now, a revival, Ooh, actually. I would like to see that. Yeah. Except I don't have money and I live in the middle of Illinois. I know. So. It takes a lot to get there. <laughs> yeah. Um, the scene ends with Jackson arriving. And I thought this was pretty funny. Suki tells him that Lorelai is engaged and he reacts, reacts in a very classic fashion of the guy <laughs> who doesn't want to like commit, <laughs> even though they're like mm-hmm. happily together right now. Right. But he goes off about he's being very evasive. He's like, I'm the normal vegetable guy. I'm not the romantic vegetable guy. Don't ask me what kind of vegetables I have at a wedding. I'm not the wedding vegetable guy. <laughs> it was pretty funny. <laughs> so nervous and awkward. Mm-hmm. He was wearing, this wasn't my Lorelai's closet moment, but he was wearing a great red shirt that is also very confused by. Yeah, I was trying to get a sense of the pattern. His shirt almost looked like the patterns on Suki's bandanas, but like in a shirt form. 
Yeah, that makes sense. Because it's like almost Paisley, yeah. but also like Western. Yeah, abstract Paisley. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And if our viewers <laughs> do I not have it. a clear image of what the shirt looks like after that description, I don't know what else <laughs> we can do to help you. <laughs> yeah, we are, as we've proven many times, great at describing fashion. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so the next scene is later that day. I imagine after the work day. We are at the Gilmore's house, and it opens with Rory on a phone call again with Lane. As I mentioned before, it's Lane basically yet again stressing about her trip. She's kind of trying to like collect all of these details or clues to tell if her like when her parents will get her a return ticket. She's like, I don't know. I don't want to like spend too much more time on it. I <laughs> just yeah. She is in her little, in her closet oh, yes. with great lava lamps. I love Lane's closet. I wish lava lamps would come back because those things are so cool. We actually <laughs> have lava lamps at my house because my partner likes uh-huh. them a lot. So nice. I'll have to have you over sometime. <laughs> <laughs> a sort, certain kind of ambiance. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> uh, we then go, once Rory's off the phone, to the kitchen where Lorelai is wearing glasses. Have you seen Lorelai wear glasses before? I don't think we have. No. I thought that was a weird detail. Does that mean she wears contacts all the other times? Yeah, or either that or they're reading glasses, but she reads plenty of other times. I don't know. As a glasses wearer, Mm -hmm. you know, you are as well. Like, I like glasses representation. (laughs) And I've never worn contacts in my life. Like, as a kid, I actually wanted to wear glasses before I needed them because I read so much Harry Potter, honestly, <laughs> <Me> too. <laughs> um, which was such a nerdy wish. But ever since I've needed to wear them and my eyesight has gotten a bit worse, like, I don't know, I just feel like they're part of my personality, like part of my style. And I feel like sometimes people wear contacts because they think glasses don't look cool. And so I notice that often, you know, like... You don't, like, to bring up The Bachelor, like, it's rare that you see people wear glasses on The Bachelor. Like, I can think of, like, two people and how yeah. many seasons, and it was only for, like, a couple scenes, and yet you mu- you have to know so many of them must w- need them, right? So I just wanted to know, like, was this a random choice, or is there a backstory? I'm probably reading too much into this, but it caught my eye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't even, I didn't even notice this time, <laughs> but... I do have my Rory's bookshelf moment in their little conversation before Max calls. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't remember exactly what leads up to this reference, but at one point Lorelai references the Stephanie Seymour wedding dress in the Guns N' Roses video. Mm. And she's referring to the uh, music video for November Rain. Mm -hmm. And I went through a phase probably five years ago when I listened to just one Guns N' Roses album over and over and over again. They're one of my favorite bands. Um, but this, so in this music video, um, which I watched like three times before getting on to record today, just to make <laughs> sure, um, it's Axl Rose getting married. And I guess Stephanie Seymour is like the uh, model who's playing the bride mm-hmm. there might be more to her story I didn't look it up and obviously I wasn't alive at the time well 
Actually, this was 1991, so I was alive at the time. But <laughs> not listening not to Guns N' Roses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but she's wearing this wedding dress, and it's so like 80s and 90s kind of era with like puffy kind of uh, off the shoulder tank top sleeves oh, with that. bows, <laughs> and then like a structured bodice part, and then the skirt is so weird. So. It's like an asymmetrical skirt with the front, like the length of a mini skirt. So barely like mid thigh. Oh, wow. Except that it's like structured. So it's kind of like a little uh, like, I don't know, tent out from her waist. (laughs) (laughs) And then the back is like, of course, a long, long train. (laughs) So it's a very like recognizable wedding dress i got it okay (laughs) i have not seen this i'm gonna google that afterward yeah it's a great music video it's such a interesting the music videos from this time period were just great Mm -hmm. but back when they probably actually played on mtv right (laughs) yeah exactly yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) instead of just like look it up on youtube yeah yeah (laughs) but it's like a wedding and then there's something that happens and all of a sudden you're at the funeral oh, for the no. wife <laughs> and Axl Rose is looking all distraught and sad. Mm. And it's a great song mm-hmm. also. Um, yeah, I've heard kind the of song. Like a, yeah, like classic rock ballad. I love classic yeah. rock ballads. Yeah, I'm, yeah. so I think this came up because Rory is like planning Lorelai's wedding <laughs> right now saying like, you should do mm-hmm. this, you should do that. And... This is also when Max calls to ask Rory advice about um, engagement rings for Lorelai. Little does he know is that Lorelai is right there. And Lori, I mean, oh gosh, Rory is repeating everything he says so that Lorelai can get her input into this scenario. It's a very classic, like, there are three things in each one. It's like, not the first one. Oh, the second one is slightly closer. But no. Okay, the third one is exactly what she would like, you know? (laughs) Like, what a classic storytelling trope. But the third one is, like, a vintage ring we hear and, like, a bit of Art Deco vibes, I guess. And that does sound like something Lorelai would like, you know? She wouldn't Mm -hmm. just want the thing you could buy at, like, the department store. Yeah. In response to this, she, like, (laughs) pants and yips like a dog. (laughs) And, of course, Max hears that over the phone and knows they don't have a dog. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't believe that he didn't know that she was there the whole time. Yeah. Why else would Rory, li- like, to re- repeat word for word what he was saying? That was so awkward. I know. Like, oh, a square cut diamond, you say. Like, not so subtle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it was a cute scene. Mm-hmm. And it gives us, like, some, I don't know more of a sense of the excitement I guess about the engagement and wedding although we still also haven't seen Lorelai and Max together in the same room yet so that's a I don't know maybe is that a red flag I don't know know. (sighs) at this point Dean shows up because in case we forgot he and Rory reunited in the last episode And they seem to interestingly brush this over pretty fast here. This seems to be the first time they're meeting again after their um, passionate or aggressive kiss, you know? (laughs) And they're basically like, 
oh, breaking up isn't for us. Like, it might be for other people, but not for us. And we're back together. And Dean is at another family movie night. And he's just, like, seamlessly re-entering everything. Like, is no, none of the underlying issues were addressed, but okay. (laughs) Yeah, I also noticed that they did a fairly good job of keeping Lorelai and Rory's looks consistent between seasons. Yes. (laughs) Though I think Lorelai's hair is different, but... Dean, I thought, looked very different. Yeah, I thought, like... He's, like, tan, like he had just been out surfing all summer or something, and his hair is shorter. I know. I thought, like, he was looking pretty cute, I thought, when I saw him. and I, But I also thought he looked a bit different. But now that Dean has shown up, um, the first thing that he has to do, of course, is change the water bottle. Mm-hmm. I thought that this was interesting... Um, I don't know if it's like a cultural thing for people to actually have those water, those big water dispensers and not just like use water from the tap or get water bottles or something. I've only seen them in like office settings or when I worked at hotels Mm -hmm. and things. I thought it was weird. Yeah. And in the scene where Lorelai asks him to change the water cooler jug, have you ever heard people say that? Lorelai and Dean have chemistry (laughs) I've never heard people say that but I do think of myself (laughs) yeah yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know if I've seen this on like TikTok or just reading about the show but people joke that like there's no reason that Lorelai and Dean should have as much chemistry as they do and how it's kind of silly given their characters obviously the mom of his girlfriend But I've specifically seen people cite this scene as an example Mm -hmm. of them having chemistry. Because Lorelai is like, we missed you, Dean. And then she's like staring into his eyes and is like, we really, (laughs) really missed you. And she makes it into this joke about like, no, we want you to change the water cooler. But like the way that Lauren Graham delivers (laughs) these lines, it could easily go somewhere else. (laughs) Like, It's pretty funny. I remember kind of thinking that in that one scene in the first season when Dean comes to Rory's window and they're yeah. like talking through the window to each yeah. other there's like yeah there's definitely a like I don't know almostness mm-hmm. <laughs> almost on par with her and Luke sometimes but yeah I'm sure there's a fan fiction out there about this <laughs> but Dean yeah. is a minor yeah, everyone some... <laughs> <laughs> yeah at least at this point yeah. save it for a couple seasons yeah yeah, what if after, um, you know, like, because when Rory, when Rory tells Lorelai and Rory's like, he's my Dean, and Lorelai is like, no, he's like Lindsay's whatever, he's married. But what if in that scene she'd been like, he's my Dean? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. It'd be like, so I'm watching uh, Vampire Diaries right now, mm-hmm. and at this moment, Elena is kind of, you know, going a little bit towards Damon Mm, so I've always thought it was weird in shows when like it was one love interest for two brothers or sisters yeah and it's even weirder when it's like a mother totally and daughter so uh, Mm -hmm. I don't know it'd be an interesting choice it changed changed the show very much yeah I think this is one of my speculations that I'm glad never really came to fruition but I'm just in a silly (laughs) mood (laughs) oh Okay, but the last moment of this evening is Rory asking Dean to meet her grandparents. And she's like, 
it's going to be fine. And I'm just thinking, does she actually (laughs) believe that? I think she did. I think she's just being naive naive. and thinks like, oh, her grandparents love her. And maybe it was weird the one time Emily met Dean at the dance. But other than that, it'll be fine. But I'm like, girl, I have seen your boyfriends meet your grandparents many times. And I know it's not going to be fine. (laughs) We say from 20 years in the future. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. If only I could go back to her. (laughs) (laughs) But he does... uh, decide to go mm-hmm. or he acquiesces yeah i'll say some um, i'll see i've said many things about dean we both have but he does he is like pretty easily persuaded by rory whenever she wants him to do something mm-hmm. like read a book set up lane on a double date meet my grandparents like he doesn't really put in that much resistance which you know mm-hmm. is potentially a positive trait i guess <laughs> being a pushover because he just wants to make out (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's what happened last time (laughs) yeah after that we get back to our next friday night dinner um we get a mention of mankin's christomathy again which we talked about in the first season (laughs) looking that book up i still couldn't spell it i tried to put it in my notes and was like "Mm, nah (laughs) yeah i just guessed Mm -hmm. But I do have my Lorelai's closet moment in this scene. Me too. And, well, let's see if we picked the exact same thing. That'd be surprising. It was for Dean's necklace. I'm shocked. <laughs> Is that what you chose? No, no, of course not. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I chose this because it reminded me so much of what every gross teenage boy wore until they and like never took off and never yes. washed they got so disgusting I know. it's like the a braided uh-huh. like thin rope type mm-hmm. necklace that's almost like a choker necklace yeah um like just sits right at the mm-hmm. edge of their neck and all sometimes they'd have shells woven in yeah yeah i see them with the shell boy wore yeah. these. it was it's and he wore this like it was his <laughs> his nice outfit i don't i like oh my god i love it it's like he's got on these like brown kind of khaki pants i mean gray Mm -hmm. um like a button down like a blue button down and then he thought (laughs) what can complete this outfit but this like that necklace and like to go meet the gilmores like that cannot be the opposite of their fashion sense you know it's like where's the tie dean like it was just so funny (laughs) Oh, that's good. Yeah, and he's already got that like slightly tan look. I know. I'm like, is he a surfer all of a sudden? Yeah. You know, there are some a lot of pictures out there of like, um, him and uh, Chad Michael Murray hanging out. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know, at um, whatever things people do, you know. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) And they both look kind of like those early two thousands. surfer boys totally. so i was wondering if those pictures were taken right before season two yeah filming. and the paladinos were like damn it why did you get so tan we can't edit this out yeah <laughs> you've been in connecticut it's the start of summer in our show uh, yeah that's funny maybe he actually if we look at like imdb what if he played like a surfer bro in like a romance movie right oh, before this yeah maybe That'd be interesting <laughs> Anywho, my nomination for the closet, uh, Lorelai's closet, was Lorelai's dress. 
Oh, yeah. It was very pretty. Which I also picked because I thought it was interesting that she wore this dress for a family dinner. Because I Mm -hmm. felt like it was a very, like, sexy, flirtatious vibe. And it was at a Friday night dinner for, like, celebrating her daughter's grades. I don't know. We've discussed (laughs) a lot about the nuances of her fashion and how, like, how does it reflect, like, where she's going and trying to, like, fit in? Is it work? Is it Friday night dinner? Is it her own home? And here I felt like she just completely was ignoring, like, what her parents would approve of and wore this, like, kind of, like, slinky dress. It was strappy. It had, like, thin straps. A fairly, like, deep kind of V-cut. And you notice, like, the neckline because it was surrounded, like, these by these embroidered kind of flowers, um in like a v-shape kind of in the boob area basically for lack of better words so it it draws the eye shall we say I don't know (laughs) I don't want to be weird about it but she looked great she was like flirty 30 and thriving as you know they say in whatever (laughs) show that was but um I thought it was really cute I thought she looked great I thought it was weird that it was for a family dinner but she meets up (laughs) with Max later so I think that makes sense (laughs) yeah yeah it was like a a nightgown dress yeah you know? like almost hitting like, like lingerie vibe in a way yeah yeah because it was like yeah. silky too definitely yeah i loved the color the color palette of it though the pink yeah uh let's just say that when dean arrives emily is surprised and unpleased but she kind of rolls with the punches there you know and after Lorelai says, like, hey, just be cool about it. You know, you said Rory could bring a guest. So she offers them drinks. Lorelai, I think trying to, like, cut the tension, makes a joke about how Dean will want a beer. And the way that he freaks out in response, I thought was very, like, innocent and cute, you know, <laughs> like, just trying to impress them. Like, yeah. no, 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 I would never want a beer. Drinking is bad. Like, <laughs> it was pretty cute. It reminds me of later on when Logan is there. And he orders that, like, scotch, you know, and technically not 21, and, Mm -hmm. like, Lorelai judges him for it. It's parallel. It's very flipped, if you will. Yeah, so that that kind of breaks the tension with Emily, Mm -hmm. while at least she pretends that it does. But then Richard comes in, and he comes in looking all happy, and as soon as he sees Dean, his face just, like, goes blank and grim. Yeah. And he doesn't even, like, Dean stands up to shake his hand. Richard walks right past him, doesn't even acknowledge him. Yeah. And we've never really seen Richard act like that before. No. Of either one, we'd expect it to be Emily Mm -hmm. who's like that. Yeah, I thought as, like, what we see unfold, it was an example of, like, I disliked how Richard was reacting this way. But in terms of storytelling, I thought it was really well done to envision this is how he would mm-hmm. react given the circumstances. I And it's like shows a new side of Richard's character, like the way he's never acted toward Rory in this way. I think developed it, the relationship and the story well. Yeah, I agree. He doesn't really say anything for a while. Yeah. Like they go in and they start having dinner. Beef make, you know. <laughs> yeah, polite small talk. It is a very interesting 
dinner set up especially for Emily right well Emily wants to make Rory's favorite things because it's a dinner in her honor so she has like her chef make homemade beefaroni as well as homemade Twinkies later on too which I thought was sweet of her you know yeah, she does say, though, that it's not actually beef in the beefaroni, which made me wonder what it was. I feel like she meant it was, like, prime rib or something, you know? like Because yeah. beefaroni <laughs> would be made with, like, ground beef. So I feel like she probably mm-hmm. did steak or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I had been thinking maybe it was, like, some other animal. Oh, mm-hmm. But it's just, like, beyond beef, like, vegan beef. <laughs> She's ahead yeah. of her time. <laughs> But finally, Richard decides to break his silence. Oh, God. (laughs) And, like, automatically what he goes for is asking Dean, you know, what his college plans are in the future and what kind of grades he gets. And Dean, like, none of us have really been under the impression that Dean is, like, a straight-A student like Rory is or anything. So he admits that he gets, you know, pretty average grades, A, B's, A's, B's, and C's. Um, he doesn't say he fails anything, so we'll see what <laughs> if that's true. But um, Richard's whole thought process in this is that he thinks that Dean is going to hold Rory back. Mm-hmm. He goes, like, on pretty much a tirade. It's, it's, it was hard to watch. I know, it was. About, about how, like, Rory's going places. I thought it was very Malfoy-ish, mm. to be honest. Mm-hmm. Like, you're going places and there are people who can, like, you need to make the right connections. Yeah. There are people who can hold you back. And it was very, very rude and mean. I know. To Dean. And it's so, like, ironic when you think about it in the end. Mm-hmm. Like, Christopher is someone he would have approved of, right? And yet, look yeah. what, how that derailed Lorelai's life. Or, like, later on, they love Logan, right? But he's still, his supporting of Rory is technically, like, it's okay that you're not going to Yale anymore. Where it's, like, it's someone like Jess, who Richard would never approve of, is the one to be, like, Rory, get your shit together and go back to Yale, you know? Like, he's really building all of this on very superficial qualities, you know, very much rooted in class. Uh, He doesn't know who will actually support Rory or view her as special. You know, it's very just judgmental based on his position in society. (laughs) And, like, she's 16. Like, she doesn't need to be with the person she's going to be with for the rest of her life. And she was with him for most of the time Mm -hmm. that she, like, was getting into the top three percent at Chilton so he had zero effect whatsoever on her grades but you have to understand Roy's 16 but Richard was only 10 years old when he decided he wanted to wear a suit and go to Yale so (laughs) (laughs) you gotta know what your plan is already like okay hyperbole there much Richard (laughs) especially since like from what we know of the class from what we know of like their class dynamics probably Richard's career was picked out for him Mm -hmm. by his parents when he was a kid so he was kind of told what he would be so it's pretty unlikely that he actually yeah do we think tricks allowed him very much free will at all (laughs) no (laughs) not at all the scene ends with something fairly funny Rory Richard Dean they're all gone and it's just uh Lorelai and Emily sitting there 
And Lorelai says, am I crazy? That's supposed to be us, right? <laughs> like the one time a dinner erupted in an argument and it wasn't actually Lorelai and Emily. Like, I like that they can poke fun at this. A little bit of commentary. Yeah. <laughs> Especially since Richard and Rory always seem to be like so perfectly mm-hmm. in line with each other with interests and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and Rory was defending Dean. She was... Yeah, she. it was like a way we've never seen Richard and Rory fight before. Like, we've never seen them fight mm-hmm. at all. And it was it was not – it didn't feel good. I was like, no, guys, <laughs> stop. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we even missed out on the Twinkies. I know. I wanted to see what homemade Twinkies look like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so after the dinner, we pick right back up, like, outside of Lorelai and Rory's house. Mm-hmm. Dean – bids them adieu and adieu adieu i don't know why i said that so weirdly and goes home makes up some excuse but it's pretty obvious that everybody just wants the night to be over i would just go home and cry for hours <laughs> yeah. if so if my like partner's grandparent had talked to me that way oh my god yeah <laughs> seriously lorelei does say though that now dean is officially a gilmore that was girl funny. <laughs> I wondered um, how that made him feel. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Roy keeps apologizing. Dean says that it's okay. So we don't really get any impression that it's really like gotten to him that much beyond just the discomfort of being in the situation. Or is he like that stereotypical guy who can't like put his emotions into words? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that would make sense. It comes with a necklace. <laughs> um, but we go back inside the house. Lorelai is like shifting Twinkies from plate to plate. I thought that was a weird prop moment. But she sits Rory down and her explanation of the whole night is that uh, Richard pretty much saw Dean show up there and had a flashback to 16-year-old Lorelai. Um and her, like, destroying her life, as Richard would say. I I don't, I think this comes back to kind of Lorelai having main character energy. I don't know that she was necessarily wrong. I'm sure that this did kind of, that that was part of what Richard was thinking of. Mm-hmm. But I also think it was just like, Lorelai, can't you just for this moment acknowledge that this was something that happened to Rory? And not something that happened to you. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> that's a good point because she does base it very much in like the history of the family and everything that has been dragged up all throughout season one. Like, Rory, you are the like great white hope of the Gilmore clan, she says, which like, Lorelai, <laughs> that's mm-hmm. like subtly getting into a lot of the whiteness of the show, I think, without meaning to. It's just like mm-hmm. the say, like a saying is, yeah, but I was like, oh, okay great white hope of the clan yikes i don't know if i would word it like that but (laughs) yeah um but she describes her as like the daughter they never had you're an angel um like they want to see you graduate they never saw me graduate and that actually made me think about the scene that comes up later on where the the gilmars go see lorelei graduate Mm -hmm. and that like just makes me cry like wanting to even like yeah. think about it that is such like a resonant scene but we'll get there uh but 
yeah, Lorelai's explanation is very much rooted in, like, they feel this way about you because of the way they feel, feel about me. And I think there's some truth there, certainly. And it fits with, like, the themes they've been building. But as you point out, she could be like, yeah, that was really shitty the way he yelled at you. Like, how did that make you feel? <laughs> like, it doesn't ultimately matter, like, what it was rooted in. Like, it's still she experienced it and she's going to have to deal with it moving forward because this is someone she's still dating. Like, Yeah, and we end up just getting another reiteration of how Rory and Lorelai aren't the same. Mm-hmm. Rory says, I'm not going to get pregnant. God damn it! <laughs> Makes me so mad! Ah. Well, she isn't going to get pregnant now. <laughs> oh, anytime I'm reminded of those that, oh God, why would they... Oh, I can't even get into it today, but it made me so angry to hear that because it just reminded me of where they take that in the end. (sighs) Deep breath. (laughs) Yeah, sometimes I would really like to know the thought process behind that. (laughs) I almost worry it'd make me even more angry, though. (laughs) Yeah, that's probably true because, like, we have our own reasons for not liking it, but they obviously have their reasons for for wanting that to be, like, the end game. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, we get the final scene with Lane's storyline where she calls Rory. And, I mean, this is, like, a weird, like, it's not physical humor. I'm not sure what you would call this humor, like, prop comedy. I don't know. But it's not not the typical (laughs) humor of the show, but Lane calls her, and she's standing next to, like, a suitcase that is, like, taller and wider than Lane. It's like comic. It's a comically impossibly yeah. large suitcase, and the point is just like bring, like hammering home this whole like, oh, how long is Lane gonna go be in Korea? What torture for her? Like, n- no, I would like ah, yeah, not good, not good. <laughs> you know if, but if she wasn't available, you know, for a couple weeks of filming, there there were other ways to do that. <laughs> yeah, so true. After this scene, we are back at Emily and Richard's house. Um, kind of inexplicably, we're hearing Richard like freaking out about the whole Dean debacle. Um, and he is kind of saying what Lorelai had said about like that this kind of reminds him of that, and she, he doesn't want the same thing to happen to Rory. But the big part of this scene is when Suki calls and talks to Emily. And Suki is innocently asking Emily, you know, when can you come to this engagement party? Oh, God, yeah. Uh, for Lorelai and Max. And you see, like, I, we've said this many times before, but Emily's face, like, the acting just the silent acting is so good because her face just falls it's like so in moving split second mm-hmm. yeah and she gives some non-committal response which i think will come up later mm-hmm. but then she goes in and sees richard and says that richard immediately needs to apologize to rory because um lorelei didn't tell them that she was engaged and Emily wants Rory to be able to tell sorry I'm not laughing at the scene I'm <laughs> laughing at my cat <laughs> but but Emily wants Rory to be able to tell them when she gets engaged so she wants mm-hmm. the relationship to be mended yeah 
that line was my gazebo moment. Um, yeah, when she says, our daughter is getting married and she didn't tell us. When Rory decides to get married, I'd like her to tell us. So, like, call them immediately and apologize. And I picked this for the reason you mentioned earlier. Simply the way that the scene is acted, I find to be really moving and when she leaves the office she like stands and like her face she just looks so crestfallen and it looks like she's about to cry and secondly I picked this because of what she says to Richard because we've talked a lot about like this continuing conflict and this rift and Emily's great like sense of loss and loneliness but paired with the whole, like, she's not always willing to acknowledge her role in causing that distance between her and Lorelai, how she's often never listening, she's often trying to, like, push her own opinions about what is right and good on them, etc. But in this moment, I thought, like, the whole, like, you need to call and apologize so that we can stay part of Rory's life, and, like, kind of, like, shows that If she hasn't made this progress with Lorelai, perhaps she is even in like baby steps making like applying those lessons with Rory because it's kind of like, yeah, they mess up. But if they apologize, like acknowledge they messed up and move forward, like that that could help them move forward. But it seems like she's never really willing to apologize to Lorelai and be like, oh, yeah, I was wrong. I shouldn't have lectured you like that. Um, that was more rooted in what I felt about your life, but you have different feelings. And that never really happens. But I thought this moment was like a sign of like optimism that they could do that with Rory. Yeah, I agree. I realized I forgot to pick a gazebo moment. (laughs) So I might just piggyback onto this because it was such a good like emotional moment. And also we had said at the end of last season, I think that for all the ups and downs between Emily and Lorelai, there hadn't really been any progress mm-hmm. either way. And I think you're right. I think this is like a moment of potential progress, even if it's not necessarily Emily and Lorelai. It's like the dynamic at large is starting to shift. It's definitely not a good moment for Lorelai and Emily because you know the next episode is Emily going to be like so mad at Lorelai yeah. about how she didn't hear from yeah. her. Like anytime they're building something up, I feel like a dramatic scene comes along to break it down. And perhaps that is just the nature of storytelling that needs conflict to like <laughs> make it interesting and whatnot. Yeah, I, I don't remember this, so I guess we'll find out. But I don't know why... Lorelai hadn't told them yet like was she planning on telling them if that dinner went well or just some other time like we never really get an idea of that yeah honestly not that much time had passed at all yeah maybe she didn't it's like something weird to bring up it's a big thing right and their dinner was about Rory and then it got into Mm -hmm. all that Dean drama like I honestly in her defense feel like she didn't have the time to tell them (laughs) Yeah, but of course yeah. that's not how Emily feels about it, right? Yeah, it's true. Because she told Sookie, so she had time to tell someone. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it ends with a ring. You know, not much to say. <laughs> Lorelai likes yeah. her ring. The end <laughs> it needs to be resized, which 
Is that foreshadowing? Ooh. I don't know. Yeah, he's not the right <laughs> size for her. And I just think that sounds different. <laughs> I did not mean it in that way. <laughs> uh, on that note. <laughs> Anyways, uh, we're glad to be back for season two. I'm so excited about what's happening mm-hmm. in this season, what is coming, and who is coming. Oh, it's going to be great. <laughs> okay. All right. Talk to you next week. Yeah. See you next time.